Welcome to the So Wizards podcast, Wizards Offseason Edition. I'm Kevin Broom, along with my co-host, Ron Oaks Cunningham, and we are going to talk all things Wizards Offseason. That should take about three minutes, and uh, no, we'll we'll go a little longer than three minutes, I think, because otherwise it would be a really crappy uh, podcast. So, uh, Ron, welcome to the offseason. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thank you, man. This, this offseason has been uh, pretty mid- Sticking in play with uh with the Wizards, they you know like when they renamed the team from Bullets, I guess before all that was the first yeah. uh inkling of the, the social justice warriors forcing names upon people. <laughs> uh, so you go from like Bullets, like as if the team was killing folks in D.C. and not Rafer Edmond and and his cronies, you know. Well, like, here's when, the thing: it's not that wasn't even so. There was no movement at all to change the name. The only no. thing that changed the name is that. Abe Bowen wanted the name changed. So, yeah, it is. And it was yeah. because his friend. So, you know, okay, I can sort of see that. But, man, still. That, was the, that was the wackest thing. We should have stayed the bullets. It's been mid ever since then. Well, um, yeah, <laughs> well, no, like in, sticking in, with it. In if, fairness, they were they were mid and below before then, too. So, uh, anyway, carry, well, carry Abe, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, from what I read about Abe, he, he was, uh, it, like, I mean, Ted gets a lot of flack, but he at least trying to make the playoffs and win. You know, forty three games, forty four games per season. Abe was like, "F it," but nevertheless, no, I, um, I no, I don't think that's fair. I, I will say this for Abe: he he wanted to win, um, and you know they did win a championship in in the seventies. And during the seventies, you know when they had Unseld and Hayes and, and some of the other guys, they were one of the better teams in the league for yeah. you know six, seven, eight years. So yeah. they made what three finals and. Um, you know, won a championship. And so, I mean, he wanted to win. That was, in He's, fact, maybe some of the problem is they kept trying to, like, you know, they would keep right around, like, you know, 40, 42, 43 wins. And then they would, like, make a trade and bring in old guys trying to, oh, we can, we're still just this close. And they would stay right around that, nah, that mid-level. Hey, hey, you can defend your error. You could defend the era of basketball you, you grew up on. You could oh, defend no, Abe. No, well, let's like, be clear. No. I'm not defending yeah, anything. I'm just listen. saying that Abe wanted to win. He no, was Abe, just inept. Abe didn't want to win, man. It's no way you, you taste the, the champagne of a championship and then the next, like, 30 years of the franchise, like, your reign is, is as pathetic as it is. Like, he's the only billionaire probably who, who, who didn't want more. Who, maybe the guy in Oklahoma City, after he went to a championship, he was like, F it. Unless Sam Presti blow it up, but that's for another day. In any event, my point is, if the team ever goes through what the uh, former Redskins now uh, Commanders are forced to go through a name change, they should just call them Washington Mid Atlantics. Like just call, <laughs> like just call it Washington Mid Atlantics. You know what I mean? It might yeah. even slap more WMA. WMA. Yeah. You could. You could. I don't know what is it. WFN. That's the the radio up there. But anyway, he yeah. started radio. WMA Washington Mid Atlantic. So let's get it. Like yeah. that's, that should be the name of the team. Yeah, I have I have no problem with that. It just seems like maybe lower Mid Atlantics. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? I don't I know. Oh, Mason Dixon Atlantics. I don't know. <laughs> but, but but get 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 Mid in it. Like some way. Like get the, yeah. the word Mid in it. Because yeah, man, the the moves in, and I'll I'll let you start with it. But um, I know some some folks are liking the moves, and, and I don't dislike them. Like it's it's a difference between, um, like disliking, I dislike mm-hmm. um, I dislike bringing Montrez Harrell over in that trade. Like I knew what was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Dude on an expiring contract, a cancer, 
a cancer in the locker room when it was um, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, two two of your peers who, you know, unless you're a hater, you got to say, all right, they're back a little bit deeper than mine. And you mad that they getting superstar treatment? That yeah. told me you think you're a superstar. And that's cool. Like, I'll, I'll be hooping with, um, like, I, the place I play at is littered with, um, like, lower D1 players, like um, – Mid Mississippi Valley State uh, <laughs> players and stuff like that, but they're good. Like they're better than me. I didn't play like D one, and I just like competing with them. And I like I'll say if I game them or something, or I'm on. You know, I'll yell out, "I'm a star!" But you know, I'll be like, "No, nah, I'm a star." So I was like, uh, "I get it." Like everyone should want to feel like they're a star or be a superstar. Mm-hmm. But that dude, I, I knew it would. Um, I knew it it wouldn't um, last. Uh, the entire season I knew it would blow up in our face and sure enough um as you know I blame the folks who shouted <laughs> MVP for a career yeah. six man but no nah, so yeah I see I see the the recent moves um better in terms of team chemistry but you know I I just don't understand some of them like you know given yeah. right eight million per so we could have got Lonnie Walker for less uh, Bright's better than Lonnie Walker, but let's 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 go into it. actually let's let's start though. But let's we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, let's start with um, the biggest and most consequential move that they made, which was giving Beal all of the money. Yeah, um, two hundred fifty-one million, a quarter billion over five years. Yeah, um, I mean, this is a lesson for all the all the kids out there, um, all six of you who are listening. Is get good at basketball, be nice to people. Get drafted by the Wizards, and you will have uh, generational wealth. Generational you know? wealth. Yeah, and man. all you have to do is be good at basketball and be nice to people. Yeah, and, man. Uh, they they'll think they'll they'll be grateful that you're willing to play for them. Like, and and on one hand, like at first when I I saw the reports coming out, like I don't think any of us believed that Bill was walking away. Um, yeah, no. But I I will say like now like been been away from DC again. And like getting the opinions of like uh like Bay Area hoopers, Bill's perception uh around the league may not meet reality, and and it makes sense because like you know the Wizards. Uh, I mean we we had our national TV game stripped last season, so mm-hmm. I I can only game. imagine yeah. singular game singular. Yeah, yes. okay, game. Yeah, I can only imagine uh how many folks have actually seen him play. Um, when it matters most, like in a consequential moments, you know, turning the ball over, all of the ills that that befit his game. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I said something, like, I, I 100% believe Bill's a top 30 player. And then I, I said that to, I was like, uh, to a guy who's like, well, your Warriors are making moves. It's like, my Wizards, man, we just gave top 30 player a, a supermax. And he was, he was adamant that Bill is top 20. <laughs> and it was like, okay. If you what's, think so. What's but, funny is, I mean, I think a, a, maybe two, three years ago, he was perhaps top 30, you know, top, uh, you know, probably top 25-ish when he made the All-NBA because, you know, there were some probably some forwards who I would have had ahead of him. But like last season, he was, he was, uh, what the, he, he was the embodiment of the Mid-Atlantics, right? He was just, yeah. he was mid, he was, he sucked for him, but overall, was basically yeah a little better than average, but not much. I mean, yeah, you shoot twenty five percent from three. He was terrible. Last not, su- not super for max a money. super max kind of guy. 
Yeah. Yeah, but then, but then, so like that was just the emotion of me um, thinking. And then when you turn like scale it back rationally, it's like okay, Darius Garland just got the bag. Um, John Morant got the bag. Uh, who better. else got the bag? Like all, all, yeah, they they could be better, but it's like okay, if these younger guys are getting two thirty and Bill is only getting two fifty, I can stomach that a little easier, you know. So, mm. but the thing is, it's like, and what someone presented was basketball salaries should be represented as the percentage of the cap. Yeah. So then, if you say, like, you know, Woes releases Bradley Bill just signed for thirty five percent of the Washington's upcoming cap, you're going to be like. Mm. How do you build around them like that way? So I, I think like that's my whole thing. But yeah, um, final thoughts on it. We knew it was going to happen. And as I said, like on the previous podcast, my only wish is that Ted and say, I'm not trading you. Like you're going to, well, unless like, you know, a team just gives us a godfather like offer, then it's like, okay, cool. But this bill... Um, you know, hey, I'm gonna pull a KD move. Like I've been here mm-hmm. one year, collecting my fifty million. Um, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, no, nah, you don't get to do that, bro. Like, yeah. there is no way Tommy and Ted made any um concessions to you that we will do everything we can to make this roster a contender. And then plus, you must know because one, we traded away your best friend for. I, I like Barton. I think he offers a little bit more than um, than KCP, especially like in transition. Uh, yeah. I read like Renzo's piece from Bullets yeah. Forever about how um, Barton led the Nuggets and was like top in the league in transition points. The thing mm-hmm. is, and we can get into it later. Uh, West system isn't built on running. Nope. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Well, like, well on, in know. fairness, uh, I, in fairness to Wes, uh, I think he might be might have been willing to run a little more if he'd had the guys who could who could do that effectively, right? I don't yeah. think they had a lot of a bunch of guys like Barton is a, kind of a one man fast break in a lot of ways. Although you know some of what he was doing was when he ran was like you know he could take off and run. Yeah, no, Jokic no. getting the you got Jokic though getting the defensive rebound and Jokic can make those like outlet passes on the dime passes. That yeah, are, yeah, you know, like he and Kev Love. Yeah, Porzingis hasn't shown any um, ability thus far to make those passes, but we'll see. No. But yeah, so so that's that's those are my thoughts on Bill. To recap, it's like it was expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you got your money again. Um, I feel it like we are. Most of us in, in life are employees of a higher employer. So mm-hmm. our goal is not F you pay me, you know, the, those two words, F you pay me. Um, so I'm glad Bill got paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tim Legler, former Bullet, former Bullet, I bet he hate the Wizards moniker. <laughs> um, former Bullet summed it up. Uh, like some guys, it's not about winning championships. It's about the generational wealth. And you know, today's media and parlance with the, the rings debate. I mean, you may differ on this, but I think the, the amount of rings and finals MVPs and stuff like that was started up to denigrate Christ Bryant. Like, oh, you don't – the Shaq won you them rings. Oh, you, you don't get more rings than Shaq. And then as you've seen, like, players like LeBron's of the world, the Kevin Durant's of the world try to leave and form teams – uh, even like Harden and stuff like that to to win a ring instead of staying one place. 
Whereas if you look at it, the goal of any profession is one to, to be great and to get paid for your talent. Right. So Mm -hmm. Brad 10 years in, he's, he's getting 250 milli, a quarter of a billion dollars. It may not look great now, but with the next TV deal, I'm going to be happy. Like, Hey, at least he wasn't five years later because having to pay him four hundred million or something like that for what well, it would still be the, yeah it would still be the same share of the uh, salary cap so it would still be thirty five percent and actually no. when that money hits it'll be you know it'll be less than you no, know, it, like you know whoever, it, the value improves like John ja Mar- ja Moran and all of those kids who who get in the mag like Zion when that next TV deal kick in and Brad's on the way out boy them 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 max salary is gonna look like. Uh, corporate share numbers do it's yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy but so yeah so like that's those are my thoughts i i don't yeah. think um i don't think per se uh he's a max player a super max like the the word in a super max the operative word is super i think he's a star um mm-hmm. not super you know add that extra adjective to describe his starness to it um nevertheless well deserved happy for him happy for his family Great community guy. He's the antithesis to um, John Wall in terms of personality, people skills. Mm-hmm. And all that said, I saw Wiz summed it up the best. He will never have the streets how John Wall had the streets. Mm-hmm. But enjoy your money and just don't ask out, dude. Like, stay yeah. loyal. And that's all we ask for. And we won't be burning your number three jersey. Yeah. So, okay, a few thoughts. Um, I actually have several thoughts, and some of them in response to this, well, what you and others have said. So the first thing is, I I think that critique of Beal, like uh, that Legler uh, talked about, is not really fair. Like, I think every player in the abstract would pretty much say, yeah, I want to win a championship, right? But the question, of course, because if, if you had somebody who's like, I don't care about the money. All I want is to win championships. Then no matter how good they are, right. They would just sign for the minimum so that the team could then go out and get a bunch of other good players. Right. But nobody does that. And the, the players association actually gave um, LeBron. Um, what, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dwayne Wade and um, Chris Box gave them kind of a hard time for taking pay cuts for taking less than the max because they're the best players. And so, it's like, no, you guys should, should take the max because, you know, when you take the max, then that sort of sets what the salary levels should be. And it also prevents teams from then going to like the, uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma's of the world and saying, well, LeBron took a pay cut, so you should take a pay cut too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's part of what, so all of that is to say, I don't think that's fair to make that, that t- it, it is a business and every one of these guys should be looking for ways to maximize their whatever money. Their, their money. Yes. Yeah. But also wh- whatever their personal goal is. Right. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of room for differentiation in, in goals. Like, of course, Beal would like to win a championship. Right. Um, he would also like to be the considered the best player on, on a team. He wants to be like the franchise player. He wants the money. Of course, you know, he wants that generational wealth and he's good enough to get it in the sense that he's got a team that wants to give it to him. I mean, they really, really wanted to give him that money right now. I agree. Like don't, I, I would prefer that he not ask out, but again, that's kind of his choice. But that said, I still think that long-term his best option is to stay 
is to is no. to not, not go anywhere. Because here's the thing. If he stays, he has a lifetime. He, he becomes, if he plays five more years, retires, uh, wizard, his, his banner, his, his Jersey goes up in the rafters. What the, the opening night, the next season. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's, he, we can finally get rid of Drew Gooden because Beal becomes the broadcast guy as soon as he wants the job. Right. Or he goes into the front office and becomes assistant, you know, Tommy Shepard's number two guy for three years until he learns how to how to be an executive. And then he becomes the team's GM or he becomes joins the coaching staff and he becomes a coach. I mean, he literally has the next 30 years of his life to work for the Wizards to be, you know, the the, like the Alonzo morning of the Wizards. Right. Um, So I I think and I think that if he asks out, he's chucking that. Right. Then he becomes a guy. Yeah. You know, and so I don't think I mean, if maybe he gets his jersey but, retired, but it's eight years later, you know, but, that kind of thing. See, here's the thing, though. Right. Like, um, like, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I I'm 75 percent. I'll put it. The odds are 75 percent. He'll act out. And here's why. Do you recall the 20? Not, I mean, like, no, even the 20, the 2019, 2020 season, like that's when his frustrations like his outward like body body mm-hmm. language and gesticulations like began like showing frustration and what happened. Mm-hmm. I personally liked it, right? Like it's like, yeah, I'm tired of this shit. Like I, I want to win. I'm dropping fucking fifty and Bonga can't give me eight to help me out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. oh, oh like like okay Mo, you taking these charges, but damn dude, like get some rebounds and put the ball in the bucket. You know, yeah. like so I like that, right? And then it it continue the next season, when Russ um, and, and those guys were off to a slower start, on the, and it's just like his body language, his wife like tweeting things out, like you know, mm-hmm. like the frustrations boiling over, right? And all his talk is, "I want to win, I want to win, I want to win." You got to take it at face value, right? So mm-hmm. then, uh, your behavior doesn't justify it. And as uh, I think Candace Bruckner like put in her post, is like, you know, that two 200- hundred million got you looking at um in fantasy land like there's no way you you're gonna you feel like you can win here like come on dude like there's no absolute way you can feel you're gonna win here so those frustrations of the past three years you think they won't continue now and if they don't continue now then it just means like money made you happy and cool i agree with you kev like okay He's setting himself up to really like potentially earn a billion from the Wizards. Like yeah. he's he's gonna get another contract under the like Dame Lillard style, like two years instead of a hundred million. By time they factor in a new uh, BRI basketball related income, um, it, it will be what like two years, a hundred forty million or something like that. Like, <laughs> it so, might be. Like, it might know, be because I mean this is a key point. Uh, so is that when when we talk about the salaries. We should just make sure, like everybody, should keep in mind that salaries in the NBA, player salaries, are completely dependent on basketball-related income. Period. Yes. That's that's what they're based on. It's not based on any. They're completely tied to income. One of the greatest swindles that the uh, NBA owners pulled off, one of the greatest cons, is this idea that they were losing money because player salaries were were too high, right? Because for years now player salaries have been a fixed cost against revenue, right? So before the, you know, before the most recent uh, CBA collective bargaining agreement, it was a higher percentage. But again, I mean, if you were to tell 
like most business owners, you know, your labor costs will be a fixed, a fixed number against revenue. And we'll even put in an escrow system so that your employees have to pay into it to make sure that it can be dialed so that, so that, in, uh, so the salaries are, uh, you know, connected directly to revenue and a fixed percentage of revenue. I think most business owners would be able to figure out how to make money. And these guys uh, who are owners of teams, for the most part, are pretty good businessmen and they likely know how to balance a book and to manage costs against, you know, fi- other fixed costs against or other costs against the whole idea of, you know, f- with fixed salaries. I mean, come on. It's just unreal that these guys can claim these billionaires, they're all billionaires, that they can claim, oh, no, we're losing money because of player salaries when that is a fixed cost against revenue and not even all revenue. Yeah, and that's why, like, (laughs) not even all revenue. Yeah, and it's like people, people talking about, um, like Kyrie, like what the Kyrie and Kevin's doing is going to cost, like, um, further CB, CBA, um, tension and lockouts and it's like uh the owners kind of won dude they're still getting you know they're keeping the costs low and they're still taking a great share of the beat the, the entire but i think what do they get 49 percent? the players get 51 no it's 50 it's a 50 50 split okay and so it, it's yeah, so and again it's a 50 50 split of basketball related in- income the the nba has s- some other revenues yeah. And um, for a long time, they were excluding like digital. They were excluding all kinds of things that would definitely be basketball related, but they were not defined in the CBA. So, but there's still the, the owners still. So the, the players end up getting like 48% of revenue, okay. of, of overall revenues. So, okay. Yeah. See, something like that. But anyway, yeah. So, so, but bringing it back to Bill, it's like, okay. So, again, I, I I'm, I put a seventy percent chance he asks ask out. Um, I think he's going to want to go to Boston, <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna be so pissed because um, as soon as you know we went from the number one seed or tied for the number one seed until dropping way down in the standings, um, you know, competing with the Boston Celtics for a playing um, position. I was proper. I was putting on Twitter the propaganda like, "Hey, just send Brad to play with his buddy. Bring mm-hmm. back Jalen and some picks." Yeah, and we could have done it. But yeah, that's that's all I have to say for Bill. Yeah, and something else too. I think that is worth just saying, at least, just to be clear with where I'm coming from. Right when when I talk about Beal like not being worth the supermax, and I don't think that he is, and I don't think that he will be. And I don't think really he ever has been. Like even at his best, I don't think he's in that level where he should have been uh, considered a Superbax player. I'm not blaming Beal for that, right? Beal, he works hard. He's worked crazy hard on his game. And he's probably come as close to like maxing out his potential as anybody that the Wizards drafted, right? Um, what, it, this is about the team and the team's ability to evaluate players. And I wrote about this recently where they just – they one, they act like players are doing them a favor to be in the, be on the, you know, put on the wizard's uniform. And two, they, they routinely like overrate their own guys. And I think they've done that with Beal. I think Beal is a very good player. He's not a franchise bedrock. And when you say, Oh, well, we're going to build around this guy. Well, that makes sense to do. If you have like a true, uh, an elite player who is a true building block. And again, I'm not criticizing Beal for not being that. 
it's just a reality that not every player is. You could be a very good player and not be that franchise foundation, you know, that franchise player. And that's Beal is in that category. It's not his fault that the Wizards like to pretend that he is and or imagine okay. that he is. But then, like, also, well, perception perception helps, too. Like, so if, if most NBA fans, um, casuals, as they call them, because, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I'll say a lot of fans just, you know, is okay, he got 30 points per game. He must be nice. Right. right? Like, so if a lot of, like, fans rate him highly, then, okay, I get it. Like, right, you, you got a top guy on your team. It, it it helps then it helps more than not having anyone like so if Bill yeah. was to leave, um, building around Kristaps Porzingis is is less uh, <laughs> ideal to to sell anyone like hey at least you could play around Brad like Brad's right. respected among his peers so I get it like even if they overrate them like some guys you have to you have to pay that you you well, have to like do that for yeah so the thing that I would say is like. The, what you do with a player like Beal, if you are like a ruthless and savage uh, organization, right, is one, you, you do the work to properly evaluate. So you know that teams around the league and fans around the league, but especially the other teams will overrate scoring, right? The value of scoring. Scoring is valuable, and that's clearly Beal's strength. Um, and he does some other things well as, as well. He's Like I said, he's a very good player. But what you do is you 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 leverage that mismatch in what you perceive what you know to be his real value because you've had him for mm-hmm. however many years and then you leverage that to extract from other teams you know va- ex- excess value or a lot of other value so but my point is that you you make those kinds of deals right you do like what uh, new orleans did you know where they traded drew holiday and they got a haul right they traded mm-hmm. anthony davis they got a haul um, you know, only OKC person. traded Paul George and they got a haul. And know? Russ, what they traded Russ, they got a haul for Russ too. Yeah, they got Chris yeah. Paul and some picks, and then they got a haul for Chris Paul too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's funny how that all that that just keeps working. But my point is that, like, with what the Wizards have done now, is they've they've used He's, up whatever residual trade value or yeah. whatever trade value, excess trade value they could have gotten for Beal. Because now he's on the absolute most that anyone can pay him, right? So yeah. it's not like there's, it's not like there's going to be a value here where you could say, well, Beal is worth, you know, thirty-five million, and he's only going to be getting thirty-eight million. I mean, he's not worth thirty-five million, but let's just go with that, right? But he, now he's going to be getting fifty million, right? Yeah. So it's um, if you know, you're not getting no team is going to be getting value at that at that salary. Right. You might get something that is worth paying for that is that's like good. You'll get a good player for that. But what you're paying for is alpha elite because yeah. he's literally the highest paid player in the league. Right. So there, there's that. I mean, if they had traded Beal two, three years ago, you know, which is when a lot of us started talking about it, when it was clear that Wall was finished and, you know, in, in Washington that he was he was damaged goods and it was going to be a long time before he came back, et cetera. That was the time when you were going to get the four first round picks or, you know, five first round picks, uh, you know, three first round picks and some young players, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. and that's gone. So the Wizards have now have used that up and now they're going to get whatever Beal is able to to give them and whatever that is, you know. Well, 
don't don't rule it all out. Like you you know, in two seasons or so, um, we may be able to have people come calling for both Bill and Porzingis. We might be able to blow it yeah. up then, but we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll what... see, but my point is that, that when they do that, like in, in a couple seasons, it's the, it's not they won't get the same kind of value they would have gotten if they yeah, no, yeah, had traded that. Bill two years ago. Yeah, true that. Some people, as you know, the moniker, some people say F them kids, them, yeah. them, them first round picks. So we'll see. Yeah. But what what do you think about the um, the other additions to the Washington Mid-Atlantics? Yeah. So, all right, that's where I was going to go next. So we've got uh, the, the big move. They The other big move, bigger move they made was right before free agency started. They traded K- Contavious Caldwell-Pope for um, Monte Morris and uh, Smith for Monte Morris and Will Barton. And it, that's a fine deal, right? And mm-hmm. really, to be honest, I mean, if I'm summarizing, like looking at the whole offseason, it's it's all fine, right? Except for the, the Beal thing, which I think is a – is a yeah. mistake that is probably it's like it's that obligatory thing where they feel like they have to do it so they do it and um but mm-hmm. i mean i think that they actually are excited about it which is not to be but anyway let's get off of Beal. kcp right with kcp they're trading like a starter slash six man guy who's probably the best in the six man role but can start and they got two guys who could be six man or start so they they essentially like traded you know, one KCP for two KCPs, but with different different yeah. skills. So I think that that's a nice move in the sense that it's sort of, you know, marginally upgraded their roster. They're a little bit better than they were. Um, and when I say a little bit better, it's like, it's not getting them out of like the, the nine ten spot. But I don't know, man. If, if it, if it, it might don't... move them up to like eight. No, man. I, I feel like we can get like up to six or so. We can take Chicago's position. Well, I think with um, you know with getting adding Delon right, that's the other move. That those three guys coming in, it's like a modest upgrade, and I think they're in like the the, the seven through nine, you know, okay. category. And yeah, I mean, maybe if if some if a team gets a bunch of injuries, I could see them like maybe scraping up as high as six if they can somehow stay healthy. But I, I, I mean, see. overall, I'm just I'm I'm okay with it in the sense that if it's like if if it's too expensive to go take that big swing or if it just wasn't available, it's fine. You know, they've made incremental improvements to the roster. They've probably made themselves, you know, a couple games better than they were last season. No, we, we were already that. Like, remember like Porzingis, you can't, you can't judge. Remember prior to his injuries and and it's always like with all players, really a big, if, Mm -hmm. if they stay healthy, um, you you were first to point it out. Like he was at a, a all star, yeah. all star level player. I don't know if you also said he was at like an all NBA like no. rate as well. Okay, no, so all star level good. player. So he's he's one of the top two all star level. All right, you you top twenty four, top twenty five player, right? Brad, he has to like again. I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna dispose of you know the past five years or past. You can even like. Uh, narrow it to the past four years body of work when last year the tension the fit every single thing that you need to create uh, an, an environment that's cohesive and collective um, we had the opposite of it right like so him and Dinwiddie didn't match like Dinwiddie was right like because he played better in Dallas like hey I'm not playing the way I want to play Brad was right 
I'm not playing the way I want to play. He played better when Brad when than what he said. It's like if you have so let's say Brad returns to, you know, top twenty five, top top twenty five level. You have two top twenty five players, and then you have a top fifty player in Kuz. Granted, as as you always okay, put hold out, on. He hold has on, to be hold more on, efficient. And he's a top fifty player. No, he's not. No. No. He's a top fifty player. He's man. he was basically barely above average last season. I mean, he's he's all right. I mean, yeah, he's no. all right. yeah, his efficiency, like his efficiency was like his vol- like when he started scoring, like getting the, the double doubles. It was you know Brad's out of the out for the season, um, so he's so, doing it that way. But we never really got to see him and Porzingis like gel. Like him and Porzingis yeah. get like extended playing time together. Like that's that's a big front court. Yeah, I, what I, I would I like really don't think that like Porzingis is top twenty five. I mean he's he's more in that like top fifty. And I think you know Beal last season we'll we'll see. You know he was basically average, a uh, little better than average. But you know hopefully he bounces back. I mean that wrist yeah. injury he had is pretty serious. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that. That that's yeah. serious, and and the whole thing about it being like, oh, well, it's not a shooting hand. It doesn't matter. I mean, his game, a lot of his game is based on being able to handle the ball and being able to you know drive with either hand. And if that wrist injury hinders his ball handling at all, that's a potential significant problem for him. Plus, he's at an age where guys like him have typically dropped off pretty significantly, and he he did that last season. So. We'll see. I mean, that last season was easily the worst of his career since like his fourth or third or fourth year in the league. So um, hopefully that was just an aberration. That's what the Wizards have got to be hoping, especially since they gave him $250 million. Yeah. But that I, we'll see. I mean, I, I think that the best case is that Beal somehow returns to uh, that like third team all NBA level, you know, basically his career peak to this point. And that Porzingis can stay healthy and productive, um, you know, at that sort of all-star, just just sub-all-star level, you know, being like a top 40, 50 player in the league. And then they need somebody from the rest of the group. Maybe they can get just enough of mid, you know, mid guys to play well enough that they could patch, put together a rotation where it's sort of a bunch of guys who are sort of interchangeable, all of them at the basically same mid-level and maybe they get up to like 45 wins and that would get them probably up to maybe like they would be competing for a six seed at that point. Yeah. I I think that's, I think like, I mean, again, I I don't want to compete for the six seed. Like, I mean, the playoffs are cool. Like I love the playoffs. Like I'm I'm tired of traveling and paying um, other teams fans for their tickets. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. Um, when, if it all comes together, and that's always the if, if it all comes together, like we have, we have a way better squad than anything we've had since, shoot, was, we'll only take it back to 20, 2018. This would be the best squad since 2018. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Hi, this is Kevin, and I wanted to share with you briefly about product I've recently been introduced to called Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a supplement. It's a powder form and you basically add a scoop to a cup of water in the morning and when you do you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and aptogens 
to help you start your day right. The ingredients support gut health, support your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of those things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you can do all of it with Athletic Greens. It contains less than one gram of sugar per serving, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything, and it still tastes good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. I can use some of that right now. It'll also, it's not expensive. It costs you less than $3 a day, and I know that a lot of folks are spending more than that on coffee or energy drinks, and this will be better for you than that. Um, Athletic Greens, in addition to when you make a purchase, for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations to help get nutritious food to kids in need. It includes the No Kid Kid Hungry, which operates here in the United States. In 2020, uh, Athletic Greens donated more than 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million pills, supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens/emerging. That's athleticgreens/emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Um, let's see, 2018, I mean, well, Walt was hurt, but, or for half that season, the Porter was, uh, pretty good. Um, Beal was obviously pretty good. Uh, Gortat still had some stuff left. Markeith Morris was mid. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it might be, it's theoretically, maybe, maybe the best roster they had since then. Yeah, 17, 18. Yeah, I think so. Like, they, I mean, at least they have professional level players. Let's see. I mean, they've got um, – they figure they're going to start Morris and Barton and Beal and Porzingis and Kuzma. So that's five, right? So five, that's five, okay. like, talented – like, solid – at least solid professional players, right? All those guys are good. DeLon Wright is, is going to be a solid guard off the bench, right? He's basically average, a little better than average. So that's six guys, right? And then uh, what? Who, who am I thinking? Oh, we've got like uh, Hachimura, who was mm-hmm. basically about average last season. So if he's coming off the bench, um, well, that's, I mean, that's well, pretty got, solid. You got to put that with a caveat. Like, dude was mental health issues. Like, and he still was cooking folks, cooking the best yeah. players in the world while dealing with mental health issues. Yeah, I mean, he was basically though about the same level as he had been. I mean, he got back pretty close to where he was in his rookie year last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and then you've got Avdia who. You know, maybe he'll be all right. Um, Kispert, maybe he'll be all right. So um, they are at least going like six, seven deep with with solid professional players. Johnny Davis is a little bit of a wild card. Don't know what you're going to get from him at first. Yeah. So, but there's they are. I will say at least six or seven deep with like at least solid professional players. I mean, this isn't a team that's going to go up against like Boston in the playoff series and and beat them. But unless you get like Tatum or Jalen Brown is hurt, you know, that sort of thing. But it's it's a team that'll be okay in the Yeah, it's 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 a decent team. Like they they've done 
they've done well to to put out like okay West, like, make the most of this. Like, another coach can definitely squeeze out 45 wins, like, with this talent. Do it. But I felt the only thing missing is that backup point guard. Like, um, they got that. They've got that. I mean, uh, I, you know, De- DeJuan Wright can play back. He's a good solid player. Dude, you, you playing, you playing a, a, a legit shooting guard at backup point guard? Come on, man. Like, you might as well put Johnny Davis at backup point guard if we want to do that. No, DeLon's a competent. I mean, he's big. He's he's a good defender. He's a a decent playmaker. He doesn't, like, do a lot offensively, but he's he's a better version of Sadoransky. Yeah, because Sado's, like, Sado's a point. Like, Sado's a pure point. DeLon is like, okay – He's a combo guard, like in like so Dallas used like Dallas, Toronto, his previous teams, like they may have on ball handling, but his best position has always been backup shooting guard. Like that's what he is. That's who he. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the Wizards are going to use him at point. Uh, yeah, which that's, is that's where they need it. But I think that's fine. I mean, I think he'll be fine playing as a backup point guard. Dude, uh, I, he's okay. Again, it's this isn't like. I don't know, this man. Is, this is the this is the off season, right? It's it's a whole bunch of fun. It's like it it's okay. It's not terrible. It's not great. It's just kind of is. I mean, if they and it's not there are no swings. I mean, it's like no right, solid pro, decent deal, right? Monte Morris, solid pro. He's on a good value contract. Will Barton, maybe he's got another decent year left in him, and that can be a bridge to, uh, you know, uh, Avdia or Kispert or Hachimura taking a step forward, or not. And then they have to make a different move. But it's like I said, it's all fine. I mean, it it would have been fun if they'd take, been able to take a big swing at Dejounte Murray, for example. You know. Dejounte, I think, is really underrated. I think he would have been a great fit next to, to oh, Beal. Uh, Dejounte, by the way, was one of four players last season to average a triple double per hundred possessions. Um, you know, the kids, the kids. No, are I, I, I like him. No, I, I wanted him. Like um, when San Antonio came to DC, it was like tw- I was tweeting at him, like, "Hey, ask out, come to DC." Like right, <laughs> right? Before, like yeah, like I want him. Um, my my thing is, yeah, we definitely could have went for him. I know you say Barton, like, um, maybe get, like, one year out of him. I just feel like – this is just me personally. Like, um, I don't have any, like, empirical data or anything to base this up. But in the NFL, I will always get guys who are on the last year of their contract because I want that. They know they must give it their all because that paycheck is looming. Mm-hmm. Will Barton, next year is his last year. On yeah, this contract. But- so it's like we we flipped out KCP, and if you all like KCP was our best um, like shooter, quote unquote. I think it was Rui. Rui just didn't qualify. Um, but he became a ball hawk. Like these dudes, no, like I gotta get mine. Like I gotta get mine because I'm trying to get paid. Montrez was trying to get paid, and now we're replacing him with a Will Barton who's trying to get paid. And I just think like uh, on this on this type of team. I don't know. I, I, I'm curious to see how it works because right after him, it's time for Kyle Kuzma to get paid. Like these guys, these guys are seeing what other guys have made. Like there is no way Kuz looks at Tobias Harris and think Tobias is better than him. So he knows Tobias got like 170 milli. Like Kuz is, Kuz is going to put up numbers next year. He has to. He wants to get paid. Generational wealth. This is time. Yeah. Um, Bart I, I is mean... going to do that. So you need, you need like, 
study study point guards who can deal with that type. Like, how do I make sure to to steal a phrase that um, Bill may have coined, or or maybe the designer who does. I think his name Malik. Uh, that everybody eats, like yeah. uh, everybody eats stuff. You need a point guard who can do that. And I just feel like, uh, yeah, I would have wanted Dejounte. Uh, if we would have got Dejounte and Morris, oh my God, I would have been telling people we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Watch. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think they would have been contenders for that, considering, like I said, Dejounte. He's nice. I, I, I heard people talk, you know, talking about him. Like, well, he's not. I, let me just forget other people. My assessment of him was that he was all NBA worthy last season. Yeah, right? he, he should have been. He the four players, by the way who averaged triple-double per 100 possessions last season, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic. Russell Westbrook? No. Um, James Harden and DeJounte Murray. How Russ didn't get it when he was 18, nope. 8, and 8? Russ didn't get it? Nope. Um, oh, wow. Let's see. Hold on. Let me pull up real quick. Uh, look, I didn't look to see what Westbrook's Wait, numbers like, were, yeah. but he, he didn't make it. So, we know, yeah, he we missed know on assists. He missed on assists? Yep. 9.8 assists per 100 possessions. And uh, 10.4 rebounds. Obviously, he got the scoring. Um, so, but so, yeah, so one of four last season, and the four were, you know, two top 10 players in the league, plus Harden, who used to be and is fading, right? So, DeJounte, and DeJounte, he's 25. He, he turns 26 next season, right? Well, he's entering That's, his prime. Yeah. He's entering his prime. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the Wizards acquire him. He does it differently, right? He's not like the kind of scorer that the typical number one player on the team is but he would have instantly been their best player and like i said that kid is a, he's he's really good he does a lot he defends yeah. he's he is a hell of a playmaker and um he has that it point. would have been nice it would have been really nice to see that plus it would have been good if they could have the wizards could have could consolidate some of those like they, they still have a whole bunch of these like forwards like you yeah. said a whole bunch of these guys with Barton, by the way, the reason I was saying they might get a year or like you know two out of him, something like that, is because he he's entering his age thirty two season, right? And he's probably gonna gonna have a decent year next season, but I wouldn't want to rely on him beyond that. Yeah, no, fair. And 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 see, that's the thing. So I I feel like move one of the Fords to try to get um, future first round picks and a solid like backup guard. Like, I mean, I know, like, Wizards Twitter wasn't um, keen on getting Brogdon. I know I get that. Like, his injury history and how much money he, he made. But, like, what they have to realize is that, okay, I'll bench the way it's looking like on a bench. We need someone to get these folks into position to run a team. Perhaps Denny can do it. Like, use Denny as a, I don't know, like, a point four type player. And mm-hmm. he can do it. But, like, you know, third-year player – telling vets like what to do controlling like vets shots like i don't know and it leads up to me i'm gonna throw a name out there um maybe people won't like it uh maybe especially like the women he, he's recently been accused of um yeah. domestic violence or something with his partner yeah but rondo <coughs> excuse me no <laughs> sorry no 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 to Rondo. Not be- I, I, I was unaware of him being accused of, of domestic violence, or I, I, if I heard it, I just don't remember it. But he's, he's also not been very good for the last several seasons. So he had a nice run in the bubble uh, with helping the Lakers get a championship. But- and with the Cavs, like the steady presence he had, like the play, like his ability. 
Rondo went like more than okay twenty minutes off the bench to run with the backups to to be the point guard to get them into position. Like boy, with this roster and that bench that we project will will be the unit that uh, West goes to. Man, Rondo's yeah. getting about six assists with those guys, dude. Like we don't need him to be an impact player. We know he he can't add anything uh, other than his playmaking and his IQ. But that's exactly what we'll need. Um, yeah. on the back of the bench. Shadow's gone, so we, yeah. we, we can't get him for the minimum. It's like, now we have to get minimum guys, and it's like, my whole thing is, again, perhaps, like, I, I seen Wright play when he was in Dallas, Toronto. I remember some of his, like, early Memphis run, because um, I, I liked him back then. I haven't really seen, like, I didn't catch him a lot last year in Atlanta. Um, didn't quite catch a lot of Atlanta games last year, but, bro, I'm not giving him $8 million. Like, so, Again, you think about it in terms of, I mean, that's a below MLE mid-level deal, right? Um, so it's, it's not, I mean, it's a relative bargain in terms of, I mean, they're getting an average player for a below average salary. Um, yeah, but it's, it's but, okay. But it's the fit though. Like, I, I mean, I'm with it. Like I get it. Long, lengthy defender. Like perhaps you put him on a wing, long, lengthy defender. Um, I get it. I get it. That's what West West wants defense. West wants people um, who can play in this offensive system? Okay, right fits that, right? Like he's gonna shoot a three, he's gonna shoot his threes, Moore's gonna shoot his threes, they're gonna defend. However, you gotta look at who's gonna be the glue. Yeah. Who's gonna be the glue for the bench unit? Okay, starters, we have it. Okay, Morris, I love your assist to turnover ratio, which means like either you benefited from your system that you played in uh Denver, which I, I 100% believe Wes is trying to reestablish here in D.C. Or you're just a cerebral player who minimizes his mistakes. So I was looking for, like, game footage um, to try to see if he's more of a Dinwiddie. And what I mean by that is, like, yeah, the assist-to-turnover ratio is low because you're not really taking chances. You're just, you know, swinging a rock. You know if Jokic kicks it out to you, you have someone in the, like, far corner who's wide open. You know, something like that. Couldn't mm-hmm. really find anything, so that would be um, a wait-and-see approach. You have to get the data from the season. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that. I, I'm, a, I'm comfortable with him playing with the starters. Uh, you having KP out there, having Brad out there. Okay, cool. I like that. But who's the bench guy? Who's the bench guy who's going to get the assists? Who, who's going to do it then? And, it's going to be – so, okay, one that's going to be right. I mean, like I said, right is a okay. solid playmaker. Um, when you look at – per 100 possessions – he was, let me, he was like around six or seven assists, which is not great, but you know, it's okay. He's like I said, he's just, he's a guy. He's, he's a competent professional basketball player and um, he's, he's fine. I, I, to me, like six and a half assists um, per hundred last season. Um, so okay. that's pretty good. So to me though, and you're sort of talking about it too. I think that, the kind of point guard that the Wizards are say they are looking for, the kind of guard the Wizards say they're looking for. I'm not sure that that's actually what they need. And I'm not sure that that's actually like where the game is going, right? In terms of, of how teams like really play the game. Like that whole like point guard who controls the ball, gets the team into an offense, like runs the set, distributes the ball, all that kind of stuff. That, I mean, that happens, but Really, what you what you need are more like the guys like Gilbert Arenas, and that's where the game is going. Like Steph Curry is sort of the alpha version of that, right? Where what they're really doing is 
everything. They they score, they shoot, they and they also set up mm-hmm. teammates. They they create for their teammates by we got that in Brad. And we hope and, and what I'm that. saying is that I think that what they could might need rather than um, you know, a a point guard like Monte Morris is it might have been a better fit to like go get a a big guy, a big, you know, wing type who can do some playmaking and who can also play off of Beal um, to be their other guard because Beal is, you know, he's six, three, six, four. So he's a little on the smaller side um, for his position. And I think that, you know, having using Beal as a combo guard, sort of like the way the backcourt, kind of the way that the Eddie Jordan ran it with, with Arenas and Hughes, where they had, these sort of two combo guards, both of them could handle, both of them could make some plays, both of them could could create offensively at least somewhat. You know, Arena's obviously the better version of that. But you see what I'm saying is that's kind of the breakdown where they're, you know, similar size. Hughes was a little bigger, but, you know, and, and better defensively. Again, you get back to like DeJounte Murray would have been a really nice fit there in that style because he's he is the playmaker, but he's also the you know, bigger. He's also a hell of a defender. He goes to the boards. He, he does a lot of different things. And so I think that kind of player might have been a better fit uh, for what the Wizards should be trying to do than, than like Monte Morris. But, you know, obviously you weren't going to get DeJounte Murray for KCP and Ish Smith, right? You were going to have to give up free firsts. And, um, you know, the, the, the Spurs didn't want a good player back. But if the Wizards had, had come up with Dude, four um, firsts and Rui Hachimura would have gotten it done. Yeah, three firsts and, and Hachimura probably would have gotten it done. Three firsts and, um, you know, whatever you basically you stack up the bad salaries because, this, like I said, the Spurs clearly taking Gallinari back were not interested in getting a good player um, at this point. So it, it, here's the thing. If the Wizards are serious about winning now, right, then you, you – Make this so take the swing, get get the 25 year old all NBA level performer that other teams are undervaluing, right? (laughs) Do that, go ahead and do it, and then start winning, and then you look clever, right? But you know, again, that's not to say that what they haven't done, what they've done is bad, what they've done is fine, yeah, no, but it's it's just fine, it's typical mid Atlantic stuff, yeah, Yeah. the Washington mid Atlantic, so yeah, I mean, we're but for our sake. At least we're going to have better basketball play to next season. So that's something to look forward to, as you Hopefully. pointed out. No, I mean, we have we have competent NBA players. I mean, dude, yeah. Neto started at point guard. <laughs> I like, I like Raul. Like, Neto started at point guard. And honestly, like yeah. Corey Kisper shouldn't touch the floor. Yeah, I mean, I will say, yeah. <laughs> like, there's, like, there's, I, I mean, no, not the Corey. He tried, but, like, bro, we – we need you to be a sniper. We'll 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 slowly bring you along. You know, snipers take a while. Duncan Robinson, JJ Redick, um, hell, Joe Harris before him. Like we, yeah, we to, know you'll get there, but to, to your point, how did that played thirteen hundred seventy two minutes last season? Come on, right? man, and that's that's a lot of minutes. Started nineteen games. That's you know replacing those minutes with how like much, Delon how Wright it, is a significant upgrade. How that's much Corey Kiss for play? Kisper, I played eighteen hundred minutes, cool and um, he only needed about nine hundred minutes. Man, cut that in half, dude. Yeah, KCP played twenty three hundred minutes. You know, and so replacing like KCP with uh, Will Barton, 
figure Barton will probably play those 2,300 minutes. You know, it's probably about the same. Barton probably comes out a little bit ahead, right? But when you're replacing uh, Neto and Ish Smith and uh, like Kuka, and and, you can and say Dinwiddie Corey. and Dinwiddie say- with Monte Morris. That's um, that's a that's a. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Dinwiddie belongs in that category. Like Dinwiddie, is a curious case. Like someone has to do a case study, a deep dive on that. Like everything he said was true. Um, when they let me play my game, I do well. Like he cooked when Brad wasn't playing. You know what I mean? In the early yeah, season, some he, of it. Yeah, he cooked there in the early season, and Brad wasn't putting up numbers. As a matter of fact, I think. Uh, Someone, whoever was running the Bullets Forever media site, like, it was 10 games in. It was like, oh, maybe 20 games in. It was like, okay, is Brad done? Can he not make threes anymore? Like, you know, it wasn't – it only became then when he fought once he started putting up those 5.7 assists, one rebound games. It was like, dude, we giving you twenty close to 20 milli. Like, come yeah. on, dude, to yeah. start. So. So that that's I don't think he belongs in that category because I mean clearly he, you know he put the Suns out <laughs> like as much as everybody make it out Luca nah Dinwiddie put them Suns out as well um, yeah maybe uh, nah Dinwiddie oh Dinwiddie Din, 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 had like a handful of good games in the playoffs but he also had some really no nah, horrible games, games. yeah no nah. and and that should so. be expected like coming off a uh, ACL like okay cool. But yeah, like, but nah, he had played a whole season by the time he got there, so the the ACL can't be a reason in the playoffs. No, nah, yeah, you can you you even more tor- you even more uh, worn nah, down in the playoffs by then. Nah. But but the point being is like yeah, we get these bum ass NBA level because you know I I feel like uh I I I want to be a part of that that new media Draymond has where it's like more <laughs> more positive spin except for anyone but Bertans like Bertans gets full <laughs> slander. But like no no knock to Corey, no knock to Ish, no knock to uh Neto. Who else did we have play that probably shouldn't have played this Ozzie. year? <laughs> no, I like Denny. I'm a Denny fan. Den- um, well, here's the thing. With with Denny is obviously I mean, I like the kid. I like his defense. Um with I like his he, length. His he deep. was kind of a self check on offense though. So uh, you know, he's no, gotta he's gotta figure on, out the offense. In the beginning, yeah. Denny nah, one of those players, like Denny honestly one, like in a pickup run this summer, like every pickup run this summer, every time he touches the ball, he, he has to develop that mentality of like, fuck it, I can go oh four eleven, I'm gonna put up ten more. Cause he, he he a confident player. Like the way his confidence ebbs and flows is how what his product is gonna look on the court. He gets a defensive stop. I bet he's throwing down the next uh, time he gets a foot into the lane. He's going to remember he's 6'9". He gets scored on. He's going to throw up an offhand layup and, you know, roll it out because like, he's going to put too much mustard on it, stuff like that. He He's a player who – I don't want to say emotional player because he's cerebral. That's fair, actually. But, okay, so he's an emotional player. The way the, way the game is going is kind of how he impacts himself. So the only way to get over that is like, hey, you know, shoot every freaking shot. Don't care what anyone say. Figure it out yourself. And, and I think I, I still haven't given up on him. I like him. Um, I, I think he, he, he should get hefty minutes. Obviously, Rui should get hefty minutes. Um, I haven't seen – like, I'm not a college basketball uh, fan. Um, and I don't pretend to be, so I'll I'll defer to all of you all who've written um, things about Johnny Davis and stuff like that to see what he does. I do, but think he should get more minutes than Corey Kispert. 
Um, I just, you know, don't dislike Corey. It's just like, you know, he only has one NBA skill, in my opinion. And that's shooting. And, you know, now we have – because even we're right. Like, I'm, I don't think he – think he's more of a shooting guard who can play make than a point. But he can play make, and he can defend. So, he has that in his bag. He has three NBA skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey won. Not even if you count him having won. He broke <laughs> Bill's record. But, you know, he ain't make them threes when we needed him to make them. I ain't, like, he like that Bertans fella. Make me <laughs> a three when I need you to make it. Don't make it when we down 20. But, yeah, that's, that's just my recap. And the last thing I have to say on that is um, Wes Unsell Jr. has no excuses. You now have two players that you you know well, and you obviously were involved in it. Like, you you clearly, like, coveted them. That's a trade that smells of the coach having an influence on it. Um, yeah. I don't know how much he, he had its sway in the, the right signing, but, you know, you, you have a defensive-minded guard. Like, you don't have to have Neto guarding, like, a 6'6 dude anymore. Um, you have a 6'5 backup who can do it. Uh, you have Johnny Davis. You can give Bill some, like, you know, some rest more. Now it's all about you putting it together. How do you develop a system that takes advantage of Will Barton's best skill? One-man yeah. fast break. How do you... How do you develop Porzingis even more? I love what he did with him um, in a few handful of games we showcased him. Um, what do you do about him and Gafford? Do you potentially look at starting them both? You know, all of these ideas are now his. He has no more excuses. And, yeah. You know. I would say that, you know, this sort of harkens back to what you said. I, I agree with everything that you just said, just said that he they definitely need him to come up with the, those kinds of systems. But also with those guys – who are like coming into the contract years. I think the biggest job that Unseld has is going to be to figure out how to get those players, really all of the players, but those players in particular who are playing for that next contract, how to, be, how to get them to align their personal goals with the team goals. And so that when they are pursuing, doing things on the floor to try to raise their value and earn more money in that next contract, that those are things that help the team, right? And so you can't have everybody thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my next contract by scoring a lot," right? Mm-hmm. Because then that just devolves into a train wreck, right? Where the offense gets worse, guys get superficially better uh, scoring numbers, but everything else gets worse. So he needs to figure out how to connect like those those individual goals. You want to get paid. This is how you do it within the team construct. Yeah. And so th- whether that's designing plays for them, whether that's getting them to buy into the idea that teams are valuing defense more or that what teams want is winners. And so you need to sacrifice things so that yeah. the team wins. You know, that's what I'm saying is he's, yeah. that's just the biggest challenge, I think, that he has. Oh, yeah. To put it simply, he has to carve out roles. Like, and, and again, like we, we, I, t- I mentioned Will Barton and Kuz been up, but like really – his fourth year, you know, um, Denny, like they, you know, they're saying their peers get super maxes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they're nice picks. Like I'm pretty sure they have ambition. Um, so it's, it's like all these things Wes has to do. I know Tommy gets a lot of flack. Yeah. We're not winning a championship next year. Like no one should ever mouth those words. Like it's not happening. It's yeah. let's just call it that. But this is a roster that's capable of getting to the playoffs, not play in. Like playoffs, mm-hmm. not playing. And you ask, like, okay, who do you replace? 
Brooklyn's going to shit. <laughs> you know, that's like Brooklyn's yeah. going to shit. Um, who else can can you possibly jump over? Like Chicago, from what I'm hearing, it's like, um, from what I hear, like Lonzo Ball, that knee injury may be worse than, than yeah. what it actually is. And mm-hmm. so perhaps you can you can challenge with Chicago, maybe get up there, get around that 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 point. Um, no one's touching the top three seeds like Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, Philly. They all should be good. But then after that, we're competing with Cleveland. Mm-hmm. We're we're competing with Cleveland, Chicago. Again, I think Brooklyn's done. Um, New York, we're going to have to compete with New York. But if everything worked out, you know, like Brunson too small to – like Bill should be able to to hold Brunson um, and Chaco Monty Moore should do that. So we, we should be better than New York. Um, I'm trying to think. Who else? Toronto? I don't know. I love Scotty Barnes. Oh, crap. Maybe. Tor- now that Toronto, I'm getting... Toronto's going to be good. Yeah, maybe that's who we target. We go after the Pascal. We go after Spicy P. Yeah. Offer like what? Coos. Here's the thing. It, it, I mean, you, God. I mean, you'd have to offer so much of, of and what they have, which no, no problem. Well, the, then you you still have that issue where you've got a billion small. I mean, power forwards. But whatever. I mean, yeah. If you could offer Coos and Kuzma and draft stuff and get Pascal Siakam, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we won't be the Mid Atlantic's no more. Well, probably still be the Mid Atlantics because I don't think Siakam is like superstar level. Oh, but Spicy P is a superstar. He's coming. He's he's pretty good. He's coming, dude. Last year was the I th- first I th- year. I think he's kind of overrated, but nah, you know. last year was the first year like that dog and him start like coming out. Like he he wasn't fucking with Nick Nurse. He, he's button like you know that's that's some superstar stuff. Like. Good, humble players. They don't say anything bad about the coach. They just put their head down. Like, no, he's getting suspended because he wants the ball. He wants the ball in these particular types of spots. It's cool. I like it. Oh, if not, if not, um, Spicy P, OJ, we can get OG. Well, OG would be nice. I wouldn't have to give up, presumably, three firsts or anything like that to get him. Like, um, one, so. two firsts? Maybe two firsts for OG? It depends on what else is in the deal, but yeah, I could see that. Yeah, like one more move, like there, like a couple more like incremental moves can get us out there because you know you'll you'll probably say this. We've only made lateral moves thus far. Like, well, I, th- I mean, I I think that the moves are a little better than that. I think they've, like I said, I think they've like modestly upgraded. They've they've increased their win total a little bit. Not that this is the problem with like going out and getting like known quantities is. You know, you, you kind of can, you know what you're going to get from them. And that's good if you're like, say, a good team, right? And you know, okay, I'm bringing this guy in. He's going to add this to it because I've seen him do it for six years somewhere else or three years or two years or whatever. But the point is, is you know what you're getting. Well, the problem is, is you're like not a good team. And then you add good guys, is, you know, okay, you know, like I said, you got two guys who are about as good as KCP. For KCP, so there's a little bit of an upgrade there. Delon Wright is an upgrade over what they were, what they had in the backcourt coming off the bench. And Johnny Davis, maybe, maybe he's an upgrade. Maybe you get some improvement from Hachimura and. Um, oh yeah, and, no, uh, ha- Adia. Hachimura and, taking over next year. Watch. Well, maybe. And so, but my point is, is you kind of you kind of know what you're getting from all of these acquisitions, and that's a good thing. 
if you're a good team. But if you're like the Wizards and you're not a good team, maybe that's not so good, right? Perhaps. Maybe you need to take a swing and, and, and bring in a guy who is maybe a little bit less than known or you actually get like the known quantity who's really good like DeJounte Murray or Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. or, you know, or maybe you try to get a meeting with Kevin Durant and give him a PowerPoint that actually has his name on it and, and, you know, convince him that what he really needs to do is come to Washington. Come home, Kevin. And that you can, you can, you know, give him a special hey, phone number so that, you know, I'm going to hold you. KD, Bill, and Chris stops. Boy, that's no. special. That's enough. Okay, well, yeah, that's enough. absolutely. That'll be enough. KD, if if the Wizards somehow, I mean, you trade whatever like on the roster other than Beal and, and Porzingis, and you trade everybody else in the roster. I don't care, right? And you come out with with uh, Durant, excuse me, right? That's Beal and Durant and Porzingis. That's a ty- that's a team that's, that probably gets to the conference finals. Yeah. That's a team that could conceivably, if you could put it put together a team around them of, of just a good enough roster around them that's mm-hmm. good enough to potentially make the finals right so that you know but durant doesn't want to come to D. he so, doesn't want to come home no, i don't blame him and this is and again this is also why you take the swing on a guy like dejounte murray he's not that level right but if you get dejounte murray you probably move up to like a fourth seed potentially with the, with those same guys and you're not giving up as much from your roster because San Antonio doesn't didn't want players; they wanted picks, right? So you give up the picks, and then you end up with an All NBA le- level player on a bargain deal for a few years. So you you sort of have delayed, you've punted a couple of years down the road any like major decisions you need to make on on the roster. So now you've got this; you've given up your draft picks, right? But then you're loaded with all of these like young players, um, and uh, theoretically you know, talented, deep, uh, deep lineup. And, you know, maybe you've got some opportunities to make some other trades, but you know, they chose not to do that. Atlanta made that move. So, well, we shall see. All right. Well, if Tommy, listen, man, go get Kevin, please. Like, let me see one title. Let me see one title. I'm tired of celebrating like other teams. Uh, well, you know, you celebrate your favorite players. Like I've seen Dirk win it. I've seen Christ Bryant win it. Um, seeing Kid win it, like it's like, come on, let the hometown, let the home team win one. Like, help me, help me well, out. Yeah, the Wizards, they need to make some. I think they need to make some different and better decisions in terms of personnel, in terms of how they evaluate it. But that is a topic probably for another time. All right. So um, we've kind of gone a little long, so maybe we'll come back and in next week or something and talk about some of the other moves around the league. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert, Martin Brogdon. Oh, we can't go without talking about this one. Your guy in Oklahoma city, New yeah, York, yeah. five years, 87.5 million dollars. Yeah. He's a dog. He, he said he, he deserves more. He deserves a hundred million, 20 million per like, <laughs> dude, he's only going to get better. Like a kid like that. It's like the proverbial, um, Oh, you have potential in you, right? Like so, Lou Dort watched him, uh, watched a few of his games, like Arizona State, and all he did was use his athleticism because he's he's built like a tank. Like this yeah, dude, that's yeah, a big dude. Yeah, he's he, he built much more like a football player. He's built like a football player. player. Yeah, and so so all right, I remember vividly, like because I wrote something. Like I love players who who 
who play defense, who don't give a like give a flying f about getting scored on because okay, now I I've seen you use that once, do it again and watch how I adapt. Like he's a cerebral player. So OKC, you know, Sam Presti gets a lot of credit for for effing up a potential dynasty, but um this one I'm going to give him his due just credit. Like they found him, they signed him to I think like a two-year something low, like maybe not even a million, like some some deal like that cuz he was undrafted. And mm-hmm. this dude's guarding Harden. Making yeah. him work. This is prime Harden. This is Houston H-Town Harden. J James Houston Harden. Like, you know, and he's making him work. And then people like uh they saying, oh, he can't shoot because, and I'm like, yo, these old ass coaches still think they still trying to fit everyone into the box of being Golden State. Like, you, no one will ever be Golden State because people don't understand one. Steph is one of one. He's unique. Right. Like, no one's ever gonna come. Clay, one of one. He's unique. No one's ever gonna do it. Draymond, one of one. He's unique. So people keep trying to make these carbon copies. So for Lou Dort, it was no go get in the corner. And only shoot threes. Bro, this dude's he's he's handled the ball his whole life. So not only so then I don't know, I guess like when Chris Paul left or whatever, uh he did get into the gym. He worked on his three point shot, but he worked on everything else. Like now, my man's taking players off the dribble, hitting step backs on them, crossing you over, dunking on you. Like he's putting the whole his whole game together and he's still locking up your best player. So he's get, he's locking up your best player. You might give him like twenty, right? Like let's say let's say Brad, like Brad averages thirty. Dort only gonna let you get twenty. You know how much Dort giving Brad on the other end? Eighteen. So who <laughs> really won? Who really won that matchup? So yeah. I, I love it. Uh, I'm kind of sick. I wanted the Wizards to make a run at him. And Still good. Also- Still good. I think that what they've done. I mean, yeah, I think they want him. And then Oklahoma City had so much money to spend that they could basically afford to do this kind of thing where I, I think that they've probably overvalued him, but I think that nah. they've done that for a couple of reasons. One is they wanted to reward him because he's improved so much. He's, he's gotten well. He's probably, he's become a good player, a solid good player. player. And, all-star. He won't be an all-star before. So. Uh, maybe. And then he's young. So he's, you know, there's a good chance that he'll continue to improve. He's only 23. 23, bro. Just yeah. turned 23. Just yeah. turned 23. He went from- but I think that part of what they've done is they've now given themselves like a nice tradable contract, right? So yeah. they can they can trade him. But the, you know they they didn't even hit the salary floor last year, so you know that that's nice for all the minimum salary guys and young guys because basically they all got an extra check at the end of the season for the difference. So yeah. you know that gets split up. Um, so that's cool. But for yeah. for Dort, um, one, it's great. He's he's. He's going to be a wealthy man. His family should be nice yeah, and gonna, rich for, uh, you know, years forever. to come. Because his That's next great. contract, 27, and he'll have, like, the music. Between. He's going to get a max. <laughs> He's yeah. going to get a max. Like, uh, so, maybe. Tell us, how is he? How is Bill better than him? How much is Bill better than him? Like, think, oh, think no, about Bill's it. Bill's definitely better. No, he's uh, way better. He's way better as a scorer. Yeah. He's way better. Dort's coming. Dude, he went from, like, I don't know what he got his first year. I, I can't say it. I know, like, last year was his first, not this past, this past season, but the year prior to that. I think he maybe got 13 a game or so. Then last year, 17 was really going to be more than he got hurt. He tried to play through he tried to play through injuries before they shut him down. I think he played 
like 15 extra games through injuries. I only know this because I had him on my um my fantasy <laughs> team. Yeah, because like he started out like his student percentages were I want to say like 45, and then he was about 38 from three, and then he played those injuries, and like you know I, I had to bench him for a bit. Uh, he, he went from like <laughs> giving me 20 a game to like giving me 11, but taking 20 20 plus shots to get 11 points and missing like eight threes. So it was like all right. He played through injuries, but nevertheless, still, he's a dog, man. I, I wish he was on the Wizards. I honestly wish, like, a contender would go get him. But they're going to sleep on him forever because, like, you know, if, unless you come in a league day one and you you bombing away from three like you Seth Curry and you hitting 40%, you're going to get slept on. Watch when Lou Dort enters his prime. I'm telling you, he's going to be like a – but that's the thing. All he can do is score and play defense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, he's not gonna give yeah. you. He's not gonna give you like five assists with it. Maybe. Maybe he can. Maybe that's what's next on his. Um, maybe that's what's next. And I don't have the numbers. I don't know if you have the numbers, but I, I, I will. I would hazard a guess that he he probably doesn't get more than two assists per game. And if he gets more than one assist per game, it's not like a true creative assist. It's just like. I pass you the ball and you score within three seconds. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, like, yeah dude, dude, Lou Dort, man. Yeah, I'm so proud yeah. of him. I, uh, play, playmaking, not really his thing. Yeah, yeah, 2.6 assists per 100 possessions. I don't use yeah, it for yeah, game yeah. stats. Yeah, but yeah. he's he, – obviously, he plays a lot. Hey, what's his scoring, you know, though? What's his scoring per 100? He over 20? Uh, yeah, he's 25.6. But, oh, let's go. But, but that's no. on minus eight. Offensive efficiency. Yeah, I don't so care about efficiency. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you on. should. You mm, should mm, because mm. that's actually what causes mm. you know mm. teams to win games. Is, mm. is that no, efficiency. No, no. Also helps you win. Like then think of it. Like usually, like before, like Harden will guard Dort. And actually, like to to his credit, like Harden came out with one of the best defensive plays of his life. Game seven, um, Lou Dort wide open from three, probably was going to cash it. He looked like it was good, and Harden recovered in time to block it with no time remaining. Like, that was, that was a phenomenal series. But you know this. You know, you know this. You, you play basketball. Whoever is guarding the best player, if you also make them work on the other end, and, like, so even if you miss it, like, if they got to respect Lou Dort, like, like, Brass getting shots up defended by Lou Dort, but Lou Dort's also coming right at Brad, then it's a win. So I don't care about his efficiency because he's also taking what he's having on the best player. Like, he's impacting their efficiency because of how great he is defensively. So, like, right. yeah, I don't really care about that. Like, yeah, I don't care about that. So, well, yeah, like-, like I say, you, you should. I mean, his defense is, is an impact. And one of the other things, too, with his offense is that Elite because, because he played on such a bad team, you know, he's using more possessions. He's playing a bigger offensive role than he, I think he would on a good team. So, so he's, his offensive efficiency, what I'm saying is lower than it probably would be if he was on a good team. Like if you, if you had him on uh, the floor with like Beal and Porzingis, you wouldn't want Dort using 22% of the team's possessions, right? Why you probably you? want him. You'd probably want Why him. Why He better than Brad. Okay. He's better than um, Brad. <laughs> He's better than you. Greg. Probably want him on a good team at around like 17, 18% usage, and that would likely increase his hey, um, offensive efficiency. No, He'd probably get, the, be getting closer to the league average at that point. Don't fall for the um, conventional stuff, man. It's, what, what does Bradley Bale do better than Lou Dort? 
uh, score, score, <laughs> play okay. make, uh, make shots. No, no, Brad you know. didn't learn how yeah. to play make until he was 27. Uh, Brad didn't I, learn how to I, play make until he was 27, two years ago. So 27. Don't throw it 23. He just turned 23. Just turned that's, 23. Um, like, so, not, like, like, Brad has the better <laughs> career, just in case anyone, because, you know, like, some people just listen to shit just to, uh, just to argue and stuff like that. But currently, like, projecting, projecting over the next five years, man, I want, I want Lou Dort. I want Lou Dort on my team over Bradley Bill. No cap. So, Bill, number one, he, Bill has never had an assist, assist season, you know, a playmaking season as bad as the one Dort just had. And so, uh, so? no. Beal was always a better playmaker, and that does matter, uh, as you know. Man, Bradley Beal couldn't guard Isaiah Thomas, dude. We had to put more. We had to put. We had to put the Morris dude on. Come on, man. Come I just on, did, man. did a search for for Lou Dort, and I actually spelled his last name Dort Dorten, um, Dorton. So no, uh, that that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Beal, much better playmaker, much better offensive player. Overall. For now, now, for now. Well, however you want, however you want to say it. I mean, there's no guarantee that it, that Dort improves on the offensive end. And like I said, Flashish. I think that Dort would be better oh, off. You, uh, you could you could jump and his in. His team this. would be better off with him using fewer possessions. Last year, last year, my one of my mans, he he, he doesn't believe in RJ Barrett. I was like, RJ gonna get 20 this year. Watch, you say he can't score. Watch, he get Lou Dort's gonna get about 22 next year. Watch, I know mm-hmm. it. He said, dude, watch. He's and, and he got paid. Like that's the thing, right? He got paid, so he may um. He may feel like okay. He he may relax a little bit, but I doubt it. I'm telling you, man. Lou Dort coming, dude. Lou Dort coming. Uh, see, unfortunately, at least for me, is like when you you lump in R.J. Barrett into that, that weakens the argument because I think R.J. Barrett is hugely overrated. So we'll see. He's gonna be the we'll best. See. He's gonna be the best player from his draft class. Give it a, give it ten years. Watch. <laughs> Ten years. Yeah, hey, I like John. I'm gonna be dead in ten years. No, I don't say that, man. I might be dead before RJ Barrett is ever the best player in his draft class. He's gonna be the best player in his draft class. Trust uh, me, it's gonna happen. I think that's unlikely. But... he's gonna be the best player. They, they all, they're almost getting him everything he needs. So he has his defensive center. His like, they just need to move one piece. That ball hogging, go to hell ball player from Texas named Julius Randall. Get Randall up out of there. Randall's yeah. another guy who's hugely overrated. Yeah, no, even Julius. even even that year when he made like all NBA yeah, that great season. He wasn't all I NBA. Didn't, I thought he was all right. Yeah, he know? wasn't. Yeah, no. Julius Randall has a horrible game. Horrible game. But hey, yeah. the Knicks like him. But all right, yeah. Let, next part, let's talk about uh, non wizard stuff. Um, so let's wrap it up there, and um, we'll be back soon with another episode of the So Wizards podcast. Mm-hmm.